Welcome back to Unshuffled, album reviews in order and unfiltered. I'm Sarah. I'm Raylan. I'm Andrea. I'm Leo. And today we're going to be talking about Any Shape You Take by Indigo D'Souza. So, um, a little background on Indigo D'Souza as an artist. She's from North Carolina, and um, I was trying to figure out a good way to describe her music. Like, um, and something that I found was that someone else described it as intimate, anxious indie rock songs that wrangle with disappointment and relationship challenges. Damn, that's good. And I thought that that was a great summary because I was trying so hard to figure out how to describe it, and I think that really captures it. So I started listening to her last summer, so the summer before um, I came to college. The first song I heard of hers was Take Off Your Pants, and um, I love that song. Um, It's such a good song. (laughs) And I was a huge Samia fan even before this, and I really liked how um, Indigo D'Souza's music was a lot like Samia, but a little more, like, gritty and rockish. So that's kind of how I got into her. Um, And this album is her second album that she released in August of 2021, so right around the time that I discovered her. Um, And actually, one of my friends showed uh, her to me. All of the songs on this album were completely written by her except for Real Pain, which was co-written with Owen Stone, and Hold You, which was co-written with Jake Lunderman and Owen Stone. Um, And it's the same four producers across the entire album. So it's Indigo herself, um, Brad Cook, who did a lot of production on um, Bonnie Vare, Snail Mail, Waxhachi and Kevin Garrett's music. So I thought that that was really cool. That's such an interesting mix. Right? Yeah. The Kevin Garrett at the yes. end. Yes. Like, because I was like, oh, this man produced Faith You Might? What? That's funny. The snowmobile makes sense, though. I feel like yeah. they have very similar sounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also Alex Farrar, or I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he also did some of um, Snail Mail's music. Yeah. And Adam McDaniel, who I didn't know any of the music that he worked on. But it was interesting because the three other producers all seem to work on a lot of other projects together. Mm. Um, yeah. It's like a package deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention was that all of her album covers are painted by her mom. Oh, uh, wait, so is that why cool. one of her albums is called I, I, love, my I love My Mom? Yeah. Because oh, her mom is like a psychedelic artist. Which that is really, really cool. cool. It's kind of like... Is it, it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry. Who? Hosier also does that, right? His it's, mom paints his, his own. Oh my god, I didn't, I didn't know, know that, that either. either. What? It's so cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, his mom's so... getting involved. As they should. I, I like truly this. though. Like, <laughs> I also feel like that reflects like like the album. Her album art reflects like her sound almost. Definitely. I don't know. I feel like yeah. they just like they correlate really well. It makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. um... That's my little background for you, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys had to say about this album. Alright, so this is my first introduction to Indigo D'Souza. I had never heard anything by her at all, and I felt like it was really, it was very different from what I normally listen to, which was, like, a, was a good thing. And I, the first thing I thought about it was I was like, this feels, like, very outright angsty which I haven't I don't usually get with the music that I listen to everything I listen to feels like if it's angst it's very subtle angst but like I can t- <laughs> do you know what I mean yes. like I can tell it's that very, it's like soft yes I can tell that it's like underlying like almost passive aggressive angst yeah. <laughs> but this felt like very like outright like just pure putting like everything yeah. out there which I really enjoyed because I feel like 
I don't really, not that I don't get a chance, I haven't really pursued that feeling before in music, so I really liked that. The first thing I'll say is my favorite tracks were Late Night Crawler, I really liked, and then also I really liked Hold You and I really liked Pretty Pictures as well. The first thing that stood out to me at like Late Night Crawler was the difference in sound and how it started out like a lot more like softer and um, slower and then it like it built a little bit and then it built more and it just it got to be like bigger towards the end and I really liked I really liked the harmonies towards the end of that song and the biggest thing that stood out to me was the lyric don't look to me when you feel like moving and I don't know I don't really know why that that stood out to me it just kind of did I feel like I say that every time but sometimes I just don't know how to interpret things but I just know that like it has something attached to it like something else I really liked like the bass riff and hold you I thought that that was really different I wrote that down too I really but liked that because really I, I felt like that was the first thing I noticed about that track and that one also felt a lot more optimistic than the other tracks like as a whole like obviously the like some of the titles too like kill me real pain <laughs> die cry and bad dream like, so, in general, the... My were all those my favorite. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just saying it contrasts, like, like this, even... Because you don't know, based on this track's title, like, if it's going to be, like, more melancholy or if it's going to be more optimistic. But this one, like, the sound and the lyrics, I think, felt more optimistic than the other tracks. So I listened to this one twice, and I, the first time I listened to 17, I was like, this is very, like, electric and different, and I was like, it's okay, but I'm not a huge fan, and then I listened to it again, and I was like, okay, I don't know what it is about this one, but it's starting to grow on me, and I really like it, and I, like, I thought it was interesting, and then it got stuck in my head, of course, for, like, days after, and I... The way that she says, like, this is the way I'm going to bend now that the baby's gone, is so, it's, um, scratches a very specific itch, and I don't know why, I don't know if it's the way that it's produced, I don't know if it's the way that she's singing it, I don't know what it is, but it sounds very satisfying and full, almost, and I thought 17, as, like, a track stood out to me a lot, because on a lot of albums, you think that, like, the intro track is sort of, like, a precursor for the album as a whole as to like what it's gonna sound like but this was not like the rest of the album had a completely different sound from 17 and I thought I was like oh I wonder why she did that but then I the more I thought about it I was like I guess it doesn't really you can't put this song like in the middle because it might like disrupt the flow with like the different sound I don't know Mm. I like I thought about it in that way and I was like it kind of it's cool that it's like this is the opening track and then the second track is something completely different so I noticed I noticed that also a lot of it a lot of the tracks like first impression was like this sounds like a little bit like Avril Lavigne and I feel like I've said that before and I don't know if it's just like the general like angsty feel and if that's like what my brain like automatically associates like any sort of like angst feeling with Avril Lavigne because that was my first introduction (laughs) to like angsty like rock music from like a teenager slash young adult I don't know 
But, um, I think Pretty Pictures, like, I don't know if it was the key or if it was, I don't know what it was about that one, but that one kind of reminded me of, like, I'm With You by Avril Lavigne. I don't know why. So much Avril Lavigne. I I love it. I don't know why. She does this really cool thing with her voice, like, the flip thing with her voice that I noticed, and it's, it was in Bad Dream, and she does, and it reminded me of, um... Dolores O'Riordan from The Cranberries because she does that a lot with her voice and I thought I thought that it was really cool and I, I thought that it served like this song well like the the really high like almost like whale yeah like high-pitched flipping um thing that she did with her voice and I I thought it served really well on that track as well as it was Bad Dream I think was the one I heard it in and as well as other um tracks and I just thought as a whole it's like it's very different from what I listen to, but I appreciated the difference, and I mm. I am definitely gonna explore more in this genre just to get more familiar with it and more of like Indigo's music too, because I don't know, it was just it was nice to have something something different from what I usually listen to and something just as interesting and intriguing. So yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, cool. I. I wrote down a lot of things that you said, actually. I Great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite tracks was actually 17, which I wasn't expecting it to, just because I always kind of prefer stuff that sounds more acoustic and less electronically manipulated. But 17 was just such a cool intro track, and I love every single choice that she made in that song and it builds up so perfectly and like just leads me into the album and same with kill me i think that's such a good outro song like just the order of these songs was perfectly placed Mm -hmm. in the album in my opinion um so i don't i don't know i would say my favorite song i already knew this song but i listened to a lot of this album beforehand I just hadn't listened to it top to bottom and I hadn't listened to Darker Than Death or um Late Night Crawler which I know Ray and Leah both really like but mm-hmm. I it like didn't stand out to me that much for some reason um Die Cry was one that I didn't love that much but then I saw her play it live and the energy was just so cool that now yeah. I think it's one of my favorites um for context <laughs> we Leah Ray and I all saw Sarah couldn't come, but we also <laughs> we also Indigo Live at this little like venue. I'm so jealous. Yeah. But I'm seeing her in April. And maybe Leah is too. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's how I felt it, with Seventeen too. After seeing it yeah, live, that was it really made so me, different live. Because the way that she did it live was very different. Obviously you can't do the same like sort of electronic like sound live. You can get close to it, but it's not obviously not gonna sound the same at all. And I really liked the way that she did it live, and it made me go back and listen to it, and it moved up in the rankings, Mm, I gotta say. I also, I love Pretty Pictures, and Real Pain, I really liked that one. I love when the Mm. drums came in. Um, That was so cool, and I really like when artists put two different songs in the same song. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that one did that, and I was like, yes, I needed this. Especially with the abrupt cutoff in that one. Like, the screaming. Yeah. And then, like, the really abrupt cutoff. I also really like that. I love the chaos. Yeah. I was, like, (laughs) reading about that song, and that's, like, the screams are, like, her, like, fans and, like, people that she knows. Like, they, like, sent 
Like, that's not her screaming. That's so cool. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, I love that. It's so cool how, like, she put so many people into that song. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that added so much more to it. And, yeah, one last thing that I... Well, two last things. Um, Bad Dream is where I really felt the angst. That one was like, <laughs> it was like angst peak for me. Because I think it's also after, yeah, it's after real pain. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, yep. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. And I, I I pointed out the thing about her voice too. I think she can, and she did it live too. She did so many cool things with her voice that almost sounded like folk singers do. Um, with the little like, yeah. yeah. You know, um, sorry, that was not descriptive at all, but <laughs> if you listen to the song, you'll know what I mean. And Hold You was a really nice change of pace, and the bass line was, again, really cool. And the only issue I had with the album, I guess, is that some were kind of, like, meh for me. Some of the songs I just felt, like, weren't as strong. Um, like, Darker Than Death, um, Late Night Crawler, Way Out, um... And some I felt like I could skip, but regardless, I think it's such a strong album in its genre, and it's fun to listen to when you're walking in class and trying to be angsty. And <laughs> oh, another thing that I was gonna say about Seventeen is that I think she also put it in the beginning because mentioning Seventeen brings out that teenage angst that you I kind of associate with in your that. mind. That's really um, cool. So I think that's also why she chose to start with that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I could actually talk about this album for such a long time. I loved it. I knew a couple songs going in. Like, I knew Seventeen really well. Um, I knew Way Out and Late Night Crawler. And, like, I might have listened to the whole thing all the way through maybe once, but it was cool to, like, really, like, intentionally do it. And then seeing her live the same week was also really cool. I just loved it. This sound is more familiar to me. Like, I listen to a lot more music like this. But I thought she still had a really unique sound and style. I thought Real Pain and Kill Me kind of stood out as sort of climactic points in this album. And so I kind of saw how she was talking about, like, her, like, cyclical, like, self-destructive behavior and, like, struggles with that throughout the different songs and it like kind of built up and like that all came out in real pain and then it like goes through another cycle and then kill me is like the like big summation of the album too um and like just herself and in relationships and that and then the angst just like I loved it so my favorite songs kind of like different than what you guys have been talking about but I really liked Die Cry Late Night Crawler, Way Out, and Kill Me. Kill Me is absolutely my favorite song on this album. I've been listening to it on repeat since I started um, listening to this album. Like, it's so good. The way that she, like, talks, she just says, Kill Me, and then kind of describes sort of, like, graphic stuff in a kind of nonchalant voice, and just, it kind of just feels like she's fed up with everything, and it's so cool. And I have really strong associations with, like, seeing it live and just, like, remembering the energy of the crowd and the energy of the band on stage. And I love it and will continue to listen to the song a lot in the coming weeks. I can, like, foresee that in my future. (laughs) (laughs) I The ones that did not stand out to me as much were probably Darker Than Death and Bad Dream. And I think Bad Dream 
may have been because it was right after Real Pain. I thought it was really hard to follow that song because it was so big and mm-hmm. like a major focal point of the album. I still really liked it and I should go back and listen to it on its own, like not like kind of out of order, even though it's not really what we've been doing with this. I think it's important to give that one its own like time, not following Real Pain. Interesting. I thought kind of the opposite. I feel like since Real Pain was so big, it almost created space for something not as big to come in. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of was nice to calm down. Yeah. It's totally. it like a little bit of, like, diffusing the tension. Yeah. A tiny bit. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it was a good choice to follow Real Pain. It just because of that, I didn't stand out to me as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't that remember yeah. as much. Yeah. I can't think of another track that should have gone in that place. And I agree with you that the track list is really smart and designed very well. I thought so many of the melodies are really addicting and her voice carries a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And especially, actually in Bad Dream, I thought her voice when she was saying like, please send help to me. And in a couple of other songs, I was just like, kind of blown away by what she could do with her voice. I really like Die Cry as well. Yeah, overall, I will be listening to this many more times and I'm excited to like hear more little parts within each song because I think they're all very complex and have little things that will stick out when you listen to it more and so I'm excited to like dive in and go deeper on these songs. Okay so um so at the beginning of the school year um I only listened to a few songs from this album just on their own and those were 17 and Kill Me and those probably remain like two of my favorite songs in this album like kill me is my favorite indigo to Sousa song of all time really i just love it so much just the way it builds and um she does this in so much of her music but i like the way that her voice sounds like it's screaming even when she's still singing yeah i could definitely tell that live too mm. actually like she was saying it like she wasn't screaming but yeah it, you could kind of like I don't know it was like almost like tangible like yes. you could like I, you could feel it and I you, feel like I could yeah. like I don't I don't know how to describe it I'm doing a really bad job of trying to get this out but like I, I know what you're saying basically yeah. <laughs> yeah I just think her voice is so cool um in a very different way from like Aretha Franklin, (laughs) last week's pick. Um, While we're talking about Kill Me, I love the line, call your mother and tell her you love her, call my mother and tell her the same. I just think that that one is so good, and I think about it every time I listen to this. Um, And I think it's a super cool way to end an album when it just builds so much. And another thing with this song is I remember reading, or I don't know where I heard this, but she said that... um, she kind of started this song by just taking like a stream of consciousness recording of her just singing about wow like her life and how she was feeling and then she came back to it a year later and she a year yeah mm-hmm. and she yeah. like didn't recognize herself i read that too working. she it like wrote most of these songs around the same time that she wrote them on the past album and so it's like oh. a continuation of that time in her life which i thought was really interesting Whoa, that she could have a whole separate piece of work based on the same time in her life yeah yeah, and just thinking about, like, the lyrics of Kill Me, I can't imagine going back to that after, like, a I year know, and being yeah. like, this is where I was. Um, and then Seventeen, this song 
just sticks in your brain, and I don't know what it is about it. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It just gets stuck, but it's, like, in a good way. <laughs> I remember last summer, there was one time, um, me and my best friend for, me and my best friend from home were hanging out for, like, a whole day, and we just kept on, like, repeating the line, now that the baby's gone. Like, it gets stuck in your head. Yes. It's that one line. <laughs> that melody it, is so good. It's, it's so it's, like, good. It's just ingrained into my brain. Um... And my other favorite from this is probably, or my other two favorites are probably Pretty Pictures and Real Pain. In Pretty Pictures, I really liked the line, I promise I'll always grow with you. I think that that was, like, really sweet. Um, Also the line, you know it's going to be for the better, but it's so hard to give up. I really like the tension of that, and I think that's really what that song is about. Um, I also just liked that sort of tension, but with a dream pop sort of feel at some point. I thought that that was... A really interesting, like, mix. Mm. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it in the way, like, in from, like, a dream pop lens. But, like, mm. now I... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I yeah. hadn't articulated it in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then in Real Pain, obviously the part where it's just pure chaos is such a cool choice for her to make. And I also... I love songs like that, um, where there's so much just noise happening because I agree. Me too. Yes. I, okay, so it took me a while. Mm-hmm. The first introduction I've ever had to, like, screaming in a song was, I know, I know the, the end. end. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, and, like, even the first time I listened to that, like, the first half of the song is so drastically different from the second half, and it took me a while to warm up to that. So, like, I'm still kind of new to the mm. whole, like, lots of noise in (laughs) songs I don't know that makes sense though but like I think it is a really like it's a really cool like artistic choice yeah and it's it's different yeah Yeah. one of my favorite things about putting a lot of noise into songs is that I really like how you can just take it as a lot of sounds happening at once or you can really try to dig into it and discern the different parts of it um yeah 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 and I was listening to the screams in it and they all sound different like I was trying to place what intention was behind the scream and I could probably do that for hours because there was so much going on in that song I love when you get into like the headspace where you like want to dissect every tiny little noise or thing in a song because it just like it makes you feel like you're so like in the zone and focused do you know what I mean yeah it's like reading a book yeah Yeah. wait till you get into like panning Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's like <laughs> you can be like, how how hard is it pan to the left? How hard is it oh pan to gosh. the right? Oh gosh! But it's actually it's pretty cool though. I actually had something about the panning in Late Night Crawler. I thought that the intro was so cool with the two different guitars in each ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that they like, I thought that these guitar parts interacted really nicely. Um, because one was a lot steadier with rhythm, but the other one kind of felt. It was still soft, but it felt like it was moving you along, and I really liked that. I was also not the biggest fan of Bad Dream, but I do think that one line that really stood out to me was, I don't think I'm ready for a clean cut kind I of I wrote love. that down. Me too. I wrote that down. I just thought that that line was so good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially taking into consideration, like, what she was talking about, like, what you said about her headspace, mm-hmm. kind of, like when she was writing this album and then, like, revisiting it, I feel like, yeah. I don't know, that's, like, reflective of what she was saying that she was feeling. 
Yeah, and I think it's such an interesting thing to... Like, that's such an interesting point of growth to be at where you say, like, I'm not ready for a clean-cut kind of book. I thought that represented a really interesting point in her life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... I think it kind of describes the whole theme of the album perfectly, actually. Whoa, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Ooh, the thesis statement? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and then the last song I want to talk about was um, Way Out, because I never really paid attention to the song before listening through the album. Um, And... I thought it was interesting at the beginning how it kind of sounded like it was a matchstick. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. that. I don't know if it actually was or if it just sounded like that, but it was, like... That's cool, though. Yeah. I like... Especially, like, because if that was put there, like, with intention. Yes. Like, but even even if it wasn't, like, it's still... It's it a fun still thing to take away from it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and there were so many lyrics in the song that I liked. I really liked, I'll never be the only thing you love. Mm-hmm. Um... I see you in colors, and I want to be better, mm-hmm. but I don't get no light in here. We wrote on the exact same thing. Good. Oh, my gosh. And I also think that the bridge of that song was just such, like, a good, like, earnest and pure sentiment. It was, if you want to change, I'll be here to love you no matter what shape you might take. Yeah, I wrote down, no matter what shape you take, I'll love you anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good. I just, I love that so much. Um and I think it interacts with the other themes of the songs really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just very, like, pure in contrast to all this angst. And I also thought it was interesting in the outro of that song where she's saying, I want, what is it? I want to be a light. But I kept on saying, I kept on thinking that she was saying, I want to be alive. Oh. And I really like the that contrast kinda, of those two. Yeah, and I feel like the, like... The way that you interpret it, I feel like, also goes, like, it correlates really well with, like, the other songs on the album, with, like, I don't know, like, yeah. Kill Me, almost. Like, it just, it, like, I, I don't know if it's more of, like, a contrast, but it just, like, yeah. it kind of, it connects. Yeah, because then also, if it were I Want to Be Alive, it would go straight from I, the line, I Want to Be Alive, into Kill Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, thought that one was so cool. I really thought, like, it kind of mirrored the same, like, feeling as Die Cry, where it was, like, about love and, like, loving someone else, but also kind of hating yourself. Mm. But, like, this one that she was, like, wanting to be better. And, like, I I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just love her so much, and I love this album. So, to wrap this up, I was just wondering, what mode of transportation do you think fits best for listening to this album? I have a very, like, specific answer. I want to hear it. <laughs> I feel like this is definitely, for me, like, a 100% Subway, Metro, whatever album. Ooh. Like, I don't know why, but it feels like a very, like, I need to be, like, in my own headspace with my headphones, like, alone on the subway to listen to this, I feel like, with the feelings that she, like, kind of imposes, but also, like projects like through this album i don't know that was just like a very specific scenario that came to my head i like that yeah for me it's definitely i don't know if this counts as transportation but jogging like not running but jogging because i feel like it's not hype enough to run to but definitely just like jogging around a city Mm. i think it and kind of like when you're feeling like really angsty and you're like I just need to like go yeah that I think I I would associate it with that Mm. honestly like I can't I don't like associate a specific 
like transportation for it because like the ideal place to listen to this for me is just like in my room like by myself with it mm. like really loud and just like by yourself just like paying attention to the music because like that's what I have been doing in the past and I don't want it to get lost like if I'm doing something else like driving or whatever I totally will listen to it in these other settings too <laughs> but for me this is like a bedroom album where you're just like wow. alone with the music I don't know does that is yeah. that weird no I like no. it because to me it's like a motion album personally. I would have yeah. to agree honestly or like but... walk in a class mm-hmm. album I guess I just feel like the themes of it it's all about her being in her own head and just like angst and that to me says like alone like stuck in your room paying attention to the music I don't know cool yeah I like that after every single one, I'm like, mm, I like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and what do you think? Um, so I had kind of two different answers because the first time I listened to songs from this album, I was in the car with my friend and we were driving into the city from our like small suburban hometown. And I thought that that fits really well because it's that feeling of just like, I want to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. But this is also similar to Andreas. I also do like listening to her music while running because I feel like it, once again, has that push of, like, you need to keep going and mm-hmm. just, like, run. <laughs> like, the steady motion that gets you out of your head, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I like that. No more liking things for me. <laughs> Thanks for breaking down this album with us, Unshuffled. Next week, we'll be listening to Raylan's pick, which is Collapsed in Sunbeams by Arlo Parks. Collapsed in Sunbeams stretched out open to beauty however brief or violent.